Hello, everyone. We welcome you to our Saturday morning Bible study. So glad you could join us. Today we're recording from the North Star Cottage, and we welcome you all. And our moderator is Thomas from New York. Welcome, everybody. Um, so I'm going to start out with a quote for our Bible study. No one could serve 12 years under Mrs. Eddy's counsel and instruction without realizing how clearly she recognized her position as prophesied by St. John the Revelator. With superb courage, she braved the severe encounters which the resistance and hatred of the colonel mind persistently enlisted against the spiritual idea presented in Christian science. For she perceived the fulfillment of the Revelator's prophecy in her own life and in Christian science. This is evidenced by her own words, quote, the 12th chapter of the Apocalypse or Revelation of St. John has a special suggestiveness in connection with the 19th century, unquote. Through her fidelity to divine principle, Mary Baker Eddy was enabled to open the seven-sealed book mentioned in Revelation by means of the spiritual idea revealed in Christian science. The apocalyptic vision she elucidated, not only in written words, but also in the living letters of fire in her own life experience. As the years pass, Mary Baker Eddy's true position will be more fully recognized and appreciated. As Jesus strove to turn the attention of his, of his disciples away from his corporeality and to open their eyes to his real identity, so did Mrs. Eddy endeavor to turn the thought of her followers away from her personality and to reveal through her writings her true place in spiritual history. The real identity of God's messenger to this age will be unfolded as mankind seeks to understand it through a study of the Bible and her writings. This is from 12 Years with Mary Baker Eddy by Reverend Irving C. Tomlinson, pages 218 to 219. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone commenting? Well, I first I want to thank you for that quote, and I, I'm so grateful to Plainfield for providing so much material to to really show forth and and reveal who Mary Baker Eddy really was and her place in, in prophecy. And particularly for um, three articles that are on our website, uh, Metaphysical Notes to Use While Working and Watching for Our Church in the World by Paul Smiley, Defending Mary Baker Eddy's Church Manual by David Keaston, and then this wonderful What Prospers Healing by David Keaston. And um, it, it so points out um, just a couple of quotes, how Mary Baker Eddy is perceived in relation to her discovery 
does affect the entire prosperity of Christian science and the success of our healing work. She understood the crucial importance of her students seeing her properly in relation to the Bible and her discovery and how this perception affects the success of healing. So it, it's so important, and I'm so grateful that Plainfield provides these materials um, and, and show the importance of our understanding. I remember feeling the resistance um, before I left the branch church. Every time I tried to bring this up when it was appropriate, the resistance I felt I just couldn't figure it out. I didn't understand what the resistance, why would anybody resist who claim to love Christian science? So I'm so grateful that here, this is so important. I'm so grateful. And what were they resisting? The idea that she was the woman in the apocalypse? Yes, yes, I, I would, yes. <laughs> and I would point out in her own words, even though, you know, she, she did it sort of subtly, but those who, I, I don't know, I, I just felt so sure, and I just, I couldn't understand why, what was, but it also just forced me to leave. But I, I just couldn't figure out why are what is the resistance here? Why are you not wanting? In, in my case, I had a teacher that was well known and very highly thought of, and he taught that she was not. It was very darkening, very confusing to my thought. That was toward the end when I stopped going anymore. But he taught it directly. Thank you, both of you, very much, because this is so important, and, and this lesson today is so timely. I am always in awe that it comes at the right time, because uh, Stefan in Germany, he says, in Germany, if you Google Mrs. Eddy, the first several things that come up are all mm -hmm. negative, and we have heard more recently there is this couple I've told it to you I've told it to some of you I haven't wanted to say much about it because I don't want to give them any more publicity than they're already trying to get but anyway they are part of definitely part of the organization have all the so-called credentials of the organization and they've just flipped over they became shipwrecked and are now viciously attacking Mrs. Eddy in interviews and talks and they're planning to write a book and so mm -hmm. While this is heightening, you know, I, I woke up one night and I, my answer to this is we are going to get out as many of the wonderful biographies of Mrs. Eddy, yes, claiming who and what she is, and we're going to put them on audio. At this time, we'll, right now, we just need typists and proofers, um, but we're just going to flood the internet with the truth about her. The time has come. It's enough with this attacks on her. And yes, it's because they have hidden, hidden so much. And these these people, I, I feel sorry for them, how they got so shipwrecked. Well, they weren't taught properly who and what she was in the organization. And it will shipwreck you. So uh, this quote, this time, this Bible study is of utmost importance, as they all have been. 
because there's a parallel definitely about what we learn here and what we talk mm -hmm. about and what is going on in the in the movement the organization and and therefore in our world because uh, there could have been a lot more of the leavening of truth going on if these books had not been suppressed and if this resistance that Karen talked about and what Linda said openly denying it and they this teacher was in California K Karen is from California and, and California yeah. tends to be more liberal in their thinking more open so if it was going on there we know it's going on everywhere anyway so yeah. we are gathered he was under pressure to speak to this too by the way he said it from the organization so I'm sure it was being taught for them and we know what happened. Um, we know what happened uh, to the Bliss Nap book, right? Which re revealed it all. And he said, "You can have our money if yes. you." If this you, is why it came up. Go ahead. The go Bliss ahead. Nap book, mm -hmm. um, because it said that she was in the uh, um, apocalypse, and he and they wanted the money for publishing the book, but the organization was battling within itself because. They didn't want it published because of what that said that in the book. But the church went ahead and and published it for they say for the money because it was like what twenty million dollars or something. It was a lot of money. I, I don't remember At what it was. Time, a lot of money. And and didn't they yeah. also say they had to, to sell it in the reading rooms? Right. And so he was part of the petition and he signed saying he disagreed with what they were doing. And that book was the destiny of the mother church. Right. Yes. Yeah. By Blissnap. Blissnap, I think, had published before on its own. And we're working now to what? find out and things like that. Yeah. But David, well, he he did publish it before. Yeah. Uh, my grandmother had a copy because uh, her teacher was Blissnap, and she told me that after it was published, the mother church went around and gathered up all the companies copies of the book and demanded them back, even went to the Library of Con Congress and demanded that copy back, but they refused to do that because they said, that's not your book, it's ours. You know? one of the originals in our library, someone donated to us. Yes. Wow, that's amazing. I yeah. think it has a signature in it too. Yes, yes, that was candy. Um, so thank you, Tom for that information we're, we're collecting we want to collect the true history people that send us various things it's very helpful but this we're going to flood the internet with the truth about her because uh and both david keiston and paul smiley their books are wonderful in in presenting her in the true light and david keiston certainly gave us his blessing to record this in audio and get it out. So we were grateful for that. There's you one know, more quote I just want to say from this, uh, from this um, What Prospers Healing. It says, if one hides the truth about Mrs. Eddy's character, one sins against God's chosen representative who has brought us the comforter, the Holy Ghost. Thus, one sins against the Holy Ghost. One sins against God. This is the sin that is never to be forgiven. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, there's they, a, an, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Well, there's an important point that uh, um, 
uh, I think that we need to understand, and it's uh, Thomason talks about this, okay, because you know I think part of this uh, um, drive by the uh, Boston Church to they, they don't want Mary Baker Eddy recognized in this way is because people go around saying, "Oh, do you know the Book of Revelation prophesied Mary Baker Eddy?" So there's this sentence in here that I read about um, how Jesus strove to turn the attention of his disciples away from his corporeality, okay? And it goes on saying, Mrs. Eddy endeavored to turn the thought of her followers away from her personality. Yes. So this this is something for us to understand when when we talk about this subject. Because and that's why this is so important, because this isn't her personality. This is her divinity. And and without that divinity, as as was read by Karen, the healing work isn't going on the way it, it once was. And there was a time maybe when, yeah, I thought, well, we shouldn't do this. It sounds a little, you know, whatever, like we're little unmodest or I don't know what, but I don't care anymore with all these attacks on her. What do we have to lose for heaven's sakes? What do we have to lose? We'll put it out there. Those who are right, will get it. And maybe those who resisted will now understand and, and have a better sense of themselves, of Mrs. Eddy and of the healing power of Christian science. So, like what um, we want to do something like this. I'm sorry, go ahead. It's only the personal sense of those that feel like they're in a position that would want to put forth this sort of thing to hide the truth and not have it go out. Yeah, they're. It, they're being handled, and I don't know. I don't like to be critical of anyone. Who knows what their motives are? And maybe for a while it was important, but I just don't feel that anymore. I just don't. Um, who was speaking? Well, I had tried to say something earlier. It's it's in alertness to duty. We have a, a duty to our leader, so it's in alertness to do, duty. So that's one of the ways that we fulfill our duty is to overturn this. Um, but this. Uh, I think a lot of you have been reading the the books from uh, Doris Greckel, and I'm still making my way through the second book. But if you've read the second book, you know that um, one of her students endeavored to do a genealogy of her. Now, Mrs. Eddy had her stop doing the work of the genealogy, but um, through that work, it was uncovered that she – the quote was – there is on the way from the Smithsonian Institute and the great Peabody Library the full proof of your direct descent from David, and that's King David. So it's, I, I you know, growing up in, in the church, I, it was never talked about as Mrs. Eddy, you know, with this divinity of her. And, and then, of course, reading after 1910, we've, were mortified at the lengths that the church went. Literally, they blew up that beautiful, you know, um, that they dynamited that, what was that? The monument that they had meant, right? That monument. They sold Pleasant View, and it became an insane asylum. Yes. Uh, You you couldn't make these stories up. I I know. Did they do anything right? No, I don't think they did. I, I think... What, the, what yeah. I think where I'm at with this is if they can separate Mrs. Eddy from science and health, 
in the religion, then Christian science is just another book. It's just another religion. It's just one of the many. And it usurps the divinity and the true purpose of really the second coming. Thank you very much. That's exactly, exactly right. Yeah. And, and the time is now to do this. It most definitely is. Because when I got up in the middle of the night, that thought came so strongly. It wasn't like I conjured it up. It was like, go for it. Okay, do it now. And uh, now is the time. Maybe up until now, maybe it wasn't. But now is the time. And I know those of you who love these biographies, uh, the Greco ones, we certainly want to record. The Healer by David Keaston, Tomlinson. Some of them we have to check about copyrights. I don't know. But anyway, we're we're starting this process now. And we will need proofers to proof the re what the readers do. And Jeremy said we're going to need some typists. Right? Yes, absolutely. Typists. So um, and and if anyone don't volunteer for this, please, unless you're ready and you really want to do it. And you're also ready to handle the animal magnetism that will try to stop you from doing it. Or you've got to be strong in this. You can't be uh, half-hearted or wishy-washy or just think, oh, it would be fun to do. This is a very consecrated important work. consecrated work. Thank you. But, but it shows, doesn't it, throughout the history of mankind, when a better idea comes along, the carnal mind attacks it with a vengeance. It, you, you, we, you, you can see it, obviously, in Jesus' life. Uh, he, he brought a better idea of, uh, of what God was and what God does for man. And look at what happened to him. And look at how they they eventually compromised the church that was established uh, in in his name <clears throat> and and the church became another political organization for several hundred years mary baker eddy came along and gave us the second coming the little book which was divinely right. given and look at what the established you know, organizations of the world are, are trying to do to it. So it should be no surprise to any of us, the attack on Mrs. Eddy, the attack on Christian science. It's what the carnal mind does. The human mind is a killer. It is a murderer. And Mrs. Evans <laughs> who pounded us with that when she was here teaching us and preparing us for what we have to do. So we have to we have to start with from the standpoint of the human mind will try to kill whatever is right. So handle it and and press on because the battle is the Lord's. And whatever is when you stand for the right and you do what is right, God prospers that. And that is why we are going to do what we're going to do. And that is to 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 broadcast the truth about Mrs. Eddie and about Christian science. Now, what the point that was brought out in uh, that that uh, that Karen made, if if someone doesn't recognize the value and the importance of what Mrs. Eddie actually did, it's going to be difficult for them to make Christian science practical for themselves in their own life, and that is why. 
you know, you can't preach to anybody that Mrs. Eddy was the woman in the apocalypse because that's an argument that you can't win. However, anybody who doesn't recognize that Mrs. Eddy is the woman prophesied in the apocalypse doesn't really understand Christian science. So you've got people in the Boston organization who are afraid to say so, or maybe they legitimately think that she's not. Who knows what their motive is? But if they legitimately think that Mrs. Eddy is not the woman in the apocalypse, it shows that they don't know Christian science. And Reg Carey, bless his soul, when we were in the law case, it used to come and he would come and visit and encourage us and support us. And he was a great support because he was head of security at the Boston organization uh, for many years. And he saw what was going on up there. Uh, what, you know, during, before, during, and after they excommunicated us. But, you know, he warned us. A lot of people up there don't really know the science. So we shouldn't be surprised and we shouldn't be impressed. And we must never fear the attack. Attacks come. They will come. That's the whole, that's mortal mind. They're going on all the time. The only thing we fear is disobeying God. Yeah. That's, that's, that's it. And when I got this message, it also came very clearly not to fear anything that the angels of, of his presence were with us in this, in doing this. And I feel that strongly. Uh, the battle is not ours. It's the Lord's. So we're doing something righteous. And as, as revelation brings out uh, in this Bible study, those who are doing his will and his work are totally protected and won't be to anybody who gets in the way, not of what we're doing, but of God almighty, God almighty. And, and the work of Mary Baker Eddy, who was his chosen. faithful, chosen, faithful servant. So we should get into revelation. Yeah, because this is what the revelation is all about today. <laughs> it is. It's what it's all about. So thank you, Tom. Thank you. Yes. You yeah, hit a you. hot topic. Yeah. With that yeah. one. I, I, I just want to say real quick, you know, coming here and learning all this, and it feels to me that, like, denying Mrs. Eddy's place as a woman in the apocalypse comes from not not wanting, you know, Christ Jesus and Mrs. Eddy to be lifted up and have them draw us up to, to them. Yes. You know, like that denial, I don't, I don't want it, <laughs> you know, so well, and we do want it. And, and that's why... You won't be able to heal if you don't recognize the importance of both of those lives in the history of mankind. And both Keiston and, and maybe particularly Smiley, both of them bring that out very strongly. So let's move on. My last thing, hymn 74 tells us it all. He says, go take the little open book from all the angels' hands. The word of truth is there for all to read and understand. Yet though the seven thunders roll, that still small voice shall make me whole. I love that in, in relation to this. Beautiful. Yes, thank you. Thank you. 
Okay, Tom, go for it. Okay. So, um, just uh, we were talking about the biographies, but uh, um, the uh, um, this twelve years uh, that Thomason wrote um, is not sold by the Mother Church, which is kind of odd, but they do sell other books like Gail's book, right? So this just highlights the importance of what we're doing in terms of the biography about uh, biographies about Mary Baker Eddy. And thank you, Tom, because you're the one who brought that out several months ago. Um, and, and now we have a list of them that you researched. And I'm, I'm grateful for that because everybody listening to God, we just are more prepared. So thank you. So for our questions, we're going to uh, be finishing out the vision two. So uh, question number one, what is the lesson found in vision two, the seventh seal? It's a very interesting topic, by the way. (laughs) There were a couple things, I don't know, but I didn't feel we touched on last time and I wanted to make sure we did. And that was um, in this Revelation 7, the 1,444, the great multitude. uh, And in that great multitude, it was definitely brought out all tribes, all nations, all people, right? No one excluded. It's a very important point, right? Did you all get that? I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Great multitude. And then um, also the the robes being washed white through tribulation. And um, I had a couple of articles by Carrie that Carrie sent me. I wanted to share about that. And I will also just say, I'll never forget after Mrs. Evans taught a class, a a kind of a more what organizational type class of two weeks after that, the very end, we all we all sang that song about being um, in the hymn hymnal about Bruce, you want to sing it? (laughs) I I know the hymn you're talking about. I'm not prepared to sing it. Out of tribulation came came, the robes were washed white. It was very, very, I mean, I think we were all weeping. It was very significant. So this is an article called The Thorn Road from an old journal, 1918. It is not by accident that those whom St. John describes in the apocalypse as standing before the throne of God are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. The mortal biographies of all who have assisted in blazing the trail for the spiritual progress of humanity show that these spiritual seers have gained through suffering the clarity of vision, which enable them to penetrate the enveloping darkness of carnality and to behold the ever radiant light of eternal truth. Let us learn from this that no matter how heavy the weight of sin, disease, hatred, injustice, sorrow, or lack, which seems to be oppressing us, we must turn from it toward the light which shineth in the darkness, the light of spirit, which reveals God's man that neither sins nor suffers. Then then let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And I know all of you know, 
that through suffering, there's always growth. Uh, some people even, you know, they'll say they weren't getting anything out of the textbook until they had a problem and were suffering. And then suddenly the pages became alive to them. So that's why we always quote trials or proofs of God's care. When you turn to God through your suffering, it will bring you to a better place. I have to say through the pandemic, I have grown, made growth. I, I know I never would have made. It's caused me to go up higher. Uh, all these things work together for good to them that love God. And then one other from Annie Knott. One of the most impressive pictures in Revelation is that of the great multitude, which no man could number, and those who had washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. These had not always been pure, but the greatest of all changes had come to them, whereby material sense with its impurity was given up for the spiritual sense with its purity, its peace, and its joy, recalling to us Paul's words, the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. And Mrs. Eddy tells us we need a clean body and a clean mind. And she adds that the pure and exalting influence of the divine mind on the body is requisite, signs and health. All who respond to this influence will strive with absolute purity within and without, and their lives will be a ceaseless demand for clean homes, clean morals, clean politics, clean literature, and above all, clean men and women. So anyway, I, I was thought those were good. And I thank Carrie. So, oh, and I don't know, did we talk about the silence in heaven? No, that's, no, that's where we are. Oh, okay. No, no. You don't mind. I was going to comment on the uh, those that came through tribulation and had white robes, because what came to me was these are people that came out of tribulation. In other words, they didn't run away from it or try to avoid it. And uh, you know how the human mind is lazy and tries to do those very things and blame other people for those circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing that enabled them to go through it and come out of it was their obedience. And even though there were troublous times and opposition that we've discussed earlier, hey, you got a purpose and you need to be faithful to your purpose and obedient to the divine calling. It'll carry you through and you will come out and imagine how quieter you will be on the other end when you come out. Yes, thank you. And and we, we see this, you know, Mrs. Eddie, she could have said, man, this is too tough for me. Look at all the... Terrible things that are happening. You know, her son was taken from her, her husband died, her mother, all this stuff going on. She she met, persevered. Um, she wasn't in it for the loaves and fishes. Separates the men from the boys. Those who just want the healing. And when the healing doesn't come, they say, whoops, I'm out of here. She even had a sister who offered her money and a house if she would give up this silly idea. Yeah. Yeah. And, and of course, we know the master, what he met. And Mrs. Evans, she could have, when Boston came after, she could she could have said, man, I don't need all this. I'll, I'll just drop out of the picture. She she went ahead full steam and look where we are now. And if she hadn't done that, we would not be here today. But she loved Christian science and she loved Mrs. Eddy she and did. she saw Mrs. Eddy correctly. She did. As a woman in the apocalypse. She taught the truth. So she felt she had no choice but to continue and pursue and defend the real Christian science from the lawsuit. 
against us and against her. Thank you. She was thinking about helping the world, not pleasing herself. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank you. Helping the world, not pleasing herself. Good answer, Lil. <laughs> Lil was to give me an answer today. <laughs> and she did. <laughs> okay. All right, silence. Well, as far as the lesson of vision two, the seventh seal, um, the denial of error and the affirmation of truth silences material sense. Truth removes the sevenfold seal of ignorance from the word of God and the facts of being are revealed. And this is what brings harmony. Um, of course, you know, during, other, in, within that vision, uh, too, was talked about truth, omnipotence, God's omnipotence, omniscience, omnipresence, omniaction, which uncovers the nothingness of matter. And, but self-ignorance is what uh, must give way. And when it does give way to the truth, then it comes the peace and the calm. Um, and, and Mrs. Eddy says in Science and Health, it is our ignorance of God, the divine principle, which produces apparent discord, and the right understanding of him restores harmony. And then again, she says, ignorance must be seen and corrected before we can attain harmony. And when we see ourselves in our true, in our true light, our divinity, then we can see Christ Jesus and Mary Baker Eddy in their true light. It works together. You, you, so. Thank you. Exactly. That's very true. It all works together. And it all makes sense. Um, it all makes sense. It makes sense. Who else could that person be in the apocalypse? Or that divine idea? And it was a divine idea. We won't personalize it. But it was she. She understood it. She understood <laughs> it. it, and she has said no one else could have done what she did. Right. She or was, would do it. Or would do it. And Martha Wilcox also makes no, uh, a, an important statement in one of her articles. I can't remember what it is now, but she says that we we are here at this time because we're the ones that are supposed to be here at this time to do the work that is required, just as Christ Jesus was in his time, Mary Baker Eddy was in her time, each one of us is here at this time because we are the ones that were chosen to do what needs to be done. I just love how she brought that out in one of her articles. So we yeah. all have that divinity. Yes, thank you. Yeah, it's beautiful how she does that. I forget which chapter that was too, but... Very important. Yeah. We're here. We're here now for certain mission, and and people who are unhappy are because they haven't found their mission given to them by God. We all have something to do here for Him. When you find that, you'll find peace and contentment. When you don't find it, you'll you don't experience the peace for don't. half an hour in heaven. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Was there? Um, I think that's something everybody's looking for, peace of mind. You're not going to find it by running away from things and not accepting what your divine purpose is and, and doing it cheerfully, obediently, and lovingly. And then on the other end, that's when you find peace of mind. Yes. 
we have a hymn that says, peace, the fruit of conquered sin. Who feels like conquering sin? Mm -hmm. That's where we'll find peace. If I may make one more comment, uh, miscellany. Mrs. Eddy says, ignorance of self is the most stubborn belief to overcome. For apathy, dishonesty, sin, follow in its train. Wow, that's wonderful. Thank you. Mrs. Evans used to talk about people who were self-mesmerized. And in a way, that's what you're saying. People who think, you know, they're they're doing things they're not really doing. And it, it's, it's hard to break that mesmerism. I, they t- we read about be- not being glamored. Well, yes. finally, I think I get an understanding of that. You're not bewitched. Mm-hmm. You have the power to understand. Thank you. That's right. That's the only power there is. There's no other power over any of us but that power of God. Uh, Matthew Henry said something regarding this. He said, all the saints are a praying people. None of the children of God are born dumb. A spirit of grace is always a spirit of adoption and supplication, teaching us to cry, Abba, Father. Thank you. Well, this is one of my favorite authors is William McCracken. Um, wrote about silence in heaven. Another article from Kerry. There are moments in the history of men and nations when eloquent silence seems to reign. The blare of the world's trumpet, the thunder of its guns, the clamor for place and power, the cry of the bereaved have been temporarily stilled. Nothing appears to be worthwhile or indeed to have being except the beautiful, the good, and the true. The supposition that hate and greed have entity entity or that anyone should seek revenge or could misunderstand the motives of the righteous. These beliefs are then seen to be curious aberrations springing from nowhere and leading to no results. At such times, there are glimpses of reality which reveal the naturalness of good and the consequent absurdity of evil. The whole of the universe, including man, seems to be listening to the voice of the creator which speaks to spiritual perception, though it remains unheard by the physical senses. On page 339, miscellaneous writings, Mrs. Eddy, discording on the subject of fidelity, states, if people would confine their talk to subjects that are profitable, that which St. John informs us took place once in heaven, would happen very frequently on earth. Silence for the space of a half an hour. This is why we turn the TV off and other things. (laughs) The world's chatter and gossiping prattle about unprofitable things tries to drown out the whisperings of truth and distract attention from that which saves and heals. More than a half a century after the discovery of Christian science, and though the proof of its power has been and is being demonstrated conclusively by multitudes, the volatile talk of material med Material medicine, material religion, and material science tries to forbid the silence of heaven. Though physiology and false theology pile up their causes of the so-called incurable and the so-called morally lost, Christian science points faithfully to the Sabbath stillness in which was made manifest 
God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Mrs. Eddy tells us that the title of her epic bookmaking book, oh, excuse me, epic making book, Science and Health, came to her in the night in a silence which surely was that of heaven. It's a beautiful description of that in miscellany, I think. When her faithful followers listen to God in obedience, gratitude, and love, they too hear the divine message of inspiration and can join with Hannah in her song of rejoicing. There is none holy, so holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. To experience the silence in heaven is to be closed with authority and dominion. And in retrospection and introspection, Mrs. Eddy writes, the best spiritual type of Christly method for uplifting human thought and imparting divine truth is stationary power, stillness, and strength. And when this spiritual idea is made our own, it becomes the model for human action. So, you know that in the Bible, study to be quiet. It's very, very important. And that was one of the, actually, the benefits of the pandemic. Nobody could do anything or go anywhere. Suddenly, poop, quiet, <laughs> quiet. Um, but we must continue that. In one of the commentaries about Revelation this time, it, it talks about how there are interludes between all these horrible happenings, and then there's some time of an, an interlude, and it brings out, it's almost, that's the time we're supposed to be repenting and changing. And if there's no repentance and change, then the disasters get louder. So let's learn the lessons. Let's learn the lessons we've learned from 9-11, from the pandemic, from other things, and grow in grace. That's the purpose and the only purpose, which is really now we get into more of Revelation. Right? So I'll be quiet for a while. <laughs> <clears throat> Thank you. Silence. The silence, the silence in heaven for half an hour is not a time to go to sleep, in other words. <laughs> the time to be very grateful to God for who and what he is and what he does for us. And that is the conclusion of the opening of the sixth seal. They gathered round and thanked God and worshipped God. And if we do that, we will have peace, periods of peace and growth in grace. And thinking about this, seems to me that that silence, you know, when, when you have a feeling of peace, especially after, you know, overcoming some obstacle in your, your work or whatever, and you get that peace, it's, it's not a time without any thinking, you know, it's just, there's no contrary thought going on. So it just feels like that period would just be everyone in the, the one mind and nothing and nothing going against it. Seems really wonderful. <laughs> so. Right. And that is the dominion that God gives to each one of us when we persevere in the truth. Mrs. Evans used to say that the, the watch, the night watch was very important because that was when mortal mind was silent. Um, it's 
a good time to work. And that's probably why many of you are awake at night. To While mortal mind is quiet, the work needs to be done. Of course, on the other side of the earth, it's not quiet, but where, no. where you are, it is. So. Well, anyone else who's wanted to speak and hasn't on any of any of this? Maybe we go on to vision three then. We're ready for vision three, Tom. Okay. So what what is the lesson of vision three? And there's a lot here, so we should have fun with this. I say, holy moly. Yes. <laughs> oh, we, we've got a whole 15 minutes. Well, one thing I, I wrote down was the third vision. It's the proof of matter's nothingness and spirit's allness produces mental chemicalization, which then the revelation of woman um, comes and, and that the, reveals the, that which is going to silence the chemicalization is the understanding of of the of the woman, you know, the her play, her role, science and health, Christian science, what the little book is, the manual, all of that quiets the chemicalization um, that that is started, and and also it started with gratitude. Um, the saints, but that incense means gratitude, the prayers of gratitude, which was their protection. And um, so it started with gratitude and then the, apparently the chemicalization, but it's what brought to the surface that Mrs. Eddie or the woman, the apocalypse, the book and, and the manual talks about the rod. And the, so it's, that's, Thank you. That's a good point about gratitude. That's why Mrs. Eddie said when she sees a student grateful, she knows they're safe. Gratitude is a tremendous protection. Eric can't talk to you when you're truly grateful, not, not just for your blessings, but for God, for life, truth, and love, as Mrs. Eddy says. And she also says that gratitude is one of the essential ingredients for healing. No, she doesn't say that. We say that. We say that, yeah. Gratitude, <laughs> gratitude and joy. I don't know where that came from, Mrs. Evans. Maybe Mrs. Quoted. Evans, sorry. <laughs> But yeah, we've got seven angels here in the third vision, and the first six are uh, exposing error and fighting the battle and destroying the error, aren't they? Mm -hmm. And the fifth angel is, you know, he's opening the bottomless pit. This isn't going up to heaven it's going down into the pit yeah we yeah. have to be willing to get down in the human experience and do whatever is necessary 
to defeat the error. And Mrs. Eddy said, you know, she her she she never really wanted to get down into the mortal and defeated, but she had to. <clears throat> Jesus Christ had to appear as a person and show us what what spiritual things are are as reality and lift us up. So the seventh, the fifth angel opened the bottomless pit and it was a, you know, it appeared to be a real, you know, frightening experience. Third of the people were killed. I mean, a third of heaven, you know, stars were. However, isn't this also what Jesus prophesied, uh, warned his disciples about? Mm -hmm. He said, wars will happen. Disasters will happen, but don't fear them. They have to happen. He's warning us that things are going to appear to be really, really scary. But it's error destroying itself. I mean, these angels are God's thoughts, right? They have all the. You said it's the ripening. It it, it was the ripening. Uh, When it's ripe, it's ready to be destroyed. It's coming, it's being brought out, exactly, being brought out to the surface for the purpose, the sole purpose of destroying it. And that's what the six, the first six angels are all about. Yeah, at first when I read this, I thought, hmm, how could they be called angels? All this <laughs> terrible stuff going on. And, and all the commentaries I read, and no one can explain this but Christian science. And certainly the Tomlinson book, but also Kratzer. I don't, I don't know if you've read Kratzer, but you really need to read this about this. Uh, I'll, I'm going to, again, quote some of the things um, because he says it's it's all these false beliefs that are deeply rooted in material existence. Um, like human love and uh, human intellect. Uh, all that the world says good and again, deeply rooted. And so it takes a great stirring. You can't just tap somebody on the shoulder and say, no, no, stop that. <laughs> they don't seem to listen. Uh, so it seems to take these, the form of catastrophe, but what does Mrs. Eddy say? Um, you know, that you can have painless progress if you really understand deeply the science. He, he speaks about, I thought this was interesting, um, the trees and the green herbage. He said, the green herbage may very properly be taken to symbolize the ordinary details of a so-called happy life. People are always asking me about this. In un, a happy life, in unspiritualized human experience. The transitory flood of careless, happy or not unattractive thoughts that come and go in unspiritualized consciousness without particular aim or purpose, all of a materialistic order. You know, people will ask, oh, you know, they don't know anything about Christian science. Their life seems pretty good. And well, what's going on there? Well, this. The trees probably symbolize well-established human doctrines, customs, and habits of thought of a sensual and materialistic nature more fixed and continuous in consciousness 
than the kind of thought symbolized by the green herbage. Such customs and habits of thought are often highly prized and respected among men. And yet, they may be the very strong, the very strongest poles of error. For just that reason, you know, what the world worships, we know isn't what's important to God. So it's very interesting. He talks about all men who are under the dominion of sensuality and materialism are during such experience bound to be under the dominion of the beast and the false prophet. These two symbols represent worldly government and worldly church, false theology, as will be made evident. It will also be made evident in the discussion of that chapter that the image of the beast, which men worship, and the anthropomorphic or man-like sense of God and the mortal sense of man, which the false prophet and worldly church causes men to set up for worship in their own thought. Hence, the activity of the angel against materiality and sensuality must also be the activity against men who have the mark of the beast and worship his image. You know, I I, I read Cratcher too, and in his and it says on 170 in the Revelation interpreted that these seven angels, this is all of us. Seven is all, and we better get to work. And these are the things that he talked about. Spiritual aspiration, spiritual reason, executive mind, direct cognition, divine love, perception of reality, and perception of substance. Thank you. So. And that's the, that's the, and science, there's peace. And if we get on that side, we'll make progress and have peace. But if we get on this, where we're indulging and um, talking about uh, human life, human love. Um, human anything. Human emotion, a belief in matter, you know, the scientific statement of being. Um, and he brings out, Another really interesting thing where as Christians are growing, you know, and then, and then they see, well, some things are bad, but then they start attacking what they feel is bad. And in history, even killing what is bad or what they feel is bad. You, you know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Christians get this way. Um, like the zealots. The zealots. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, instead of doing good, it does much damage. Mm -hmm. I, it's a growth out of, I guess, I mean, I guess they're seeing what's wrong, but then they're personalizing it and trying to kill it. That's it. That's it. If, yeah. if, if, if as they grow, they continue to personalize the error, then they will attack the person instead of the error. And Jesus yeah. came to stop people from doing that. Yes. Yeah. When he condemned the adulterous woman, he didn't condemn her. He condemned the sin. And he condemned it in the men who wanted her stoned. That's why they left. <laughs> this is a very important point for right now, because in some ways we're, we're at that point. There's all these accusations 
of, you know, what people have done in their past and all this stuff. Um, if you're without sin, throw the first stone. I, I mean, there'll be no end to all these accusations. And it's not only the Christians, it's, but the Christians, when they do it, it gives the Christians a very bad name. And that's why a lot of our young people don't want to have anything to do with it. Go ahead, Sharon. Well, if Jeremy was talking about this, and it's very important, this discussion, because why why are people going to Satanism? Or why are people looking? They are turned off by Christianity, people of my own family. They're turned off by the so-called Christian Christians. organizations. Right. The false yeah. theology. Right, which right. is not Christ's Christianity, right. and they should be turned off by it. They should the be. ones that because worship the, the anthropomorphic God. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, the criticism of so-called Christians are is that they're judgmental and critical, and also that they're self-righteous. But remember, there's a someplace where Mrs. Eddy said, when I cease judging, criticizing, and condemning, then I begin to make progress. Thank you. Exactly. And strongest rebukes were for what? Self-righteous. Self-righteousness. That was his biggest rebuke. Over and over. So this is this is something very interesting that, that we have to, to acknowledge and see and understand. Um, I know I'd had this strange fascination with the movie Hawaii, which I don't really recommend anyway. But it, that was partly why. Because this guy goes to Hawaii to convert the heathen you know that's how the heathen all these heathen people well he ends up doing terrible things he doesn't mean to he's trying to do good things but he does terrible things and um his wife was less christian old theology christian was played by julie andrews she sees all this and she speaks to it in, in such a beautiful way but much damage has been done trying to convert the heathen. It's one thing, I again, that I love about the chosen. It, it shows how, how Jesus handles it. It's not in that way of condemnation. and He loved his enemies. Yeah. He, and he, he and loved he all mankind. We don't need thunder. We don't we need, need thunder. We need, the tr- we need the truth because the truth heals. And he proved it by healing. And people saw it. And they recognized that there was something better than what they had been believing all their lives. And that is what we have to have pitiful patience, Mrs. Eddy says, because for people to come out of these long established beliefs or organizations or whatever is very difficult for people because they have to they have to leave what they have thought all their life they they should be relying upon and 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 leave it for what well a more spiritual understanding of who and what they are and who and what god is that's that's not an easy path for a lot of people it's not an easy path for most people i think it's probably not an easy path for anybody but you know <laughs> but it's the only path there is and we judge it by its fruits because it heals it, it it demonstrates good things and things that nobody can ever take from us and that is how, 
and, and that is the proof. It brings all people into the flock with the healing power. Someone wrote me recently about well, in the Baptist church where they excommunicated Rick Warren, you know, 20,000 people in his church. He's done tremendous good, my knowledge of it. And why? Why? You want to know why they did this? Because they have female pastors. And in the Bible, somewhere it says, don't have female pastor. I mean, this is this is crazy. Um, this is this is what I'm talking about. This uh, dogma. It, it's the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. You see it in in the Chosen. They don't get it. They they here he's healing everybody, and they complain because it's Sunday. And and the organization has done it too, attacking and excommunicating this one and that one. For for what? Um, so it's something we must be. So these false beliefs have to be exposed. Has to be exposed and destroyed, and they and they're never destroyed without a, you know, without a battle. Because there are people who have a vested interest in preserving the false beliefs, and they will fight tooth and nail. Uh, Mrs. Eddy says, you know, they are at work twenty four seven, and we need to be diligent twenty four seven. In, in the truth. Somewhere in uh, Revelation it says to hurt not the oil and the wine during right. all this. And then Miss Eddie, I came across in miscellaneous writings, she's talking about Revelation. And actually I just realized it's right after she talks about we today in this classroom are enough to convert the world. And it, it's followed with the third picture lesson is from Revelation. We're at the opening of the, the seals. One of the angels presented himself with balances to weigh the thoughts and actions of men. Not angels with wings, but messengers of pure and holy thoughts that say, See thou not hurt the holy things of truth. End quote. I just thought it was really beautiful. I mean, that feels to me like what you're talking about. You know, this is these holy things that come from. That are the truth, that behind them have the truth. We don't want to hurt it. Thank you. Yes. And everyone, everyone is a child of God. You have to see past the, the mask to that truth and not condemn or uh, so much upset has been caused by that. That's right. There's a whole idea of trying to convert someone. Convert them from what? Convert them into what? Who are they anyway? Exactly. So, so why try to manipulate what God has already made? You can't. That's it. Nothing but damage. No, That's it. You, you don't convert. You destroy your false beliefs by loving the hell out of <laughs> whatever. Well, and I read once why people are atheists, and, and one of them was that they couldn't stand the way Christians treated them, like they were ignorant and they knew everything, and this other person knew nothing. And it's just not the way to to see a, another child of God. You have to see everyone in the kingdom because everyone is in the kingdom. And it's in them. Like you said, the Christ thoughts are already there. Yes. Yeah, you got to be careful trying to be a Christian that you don't accidentally become a Pharisee. <laughs> well, exactly. Right. That's exactly unintended consequences. Right. So well, I know that that's interesting because, you know, sometimes you can make an observation on an atheist and say, he's the most wonderful person. 
right? And then you look at a Christian and you say, oh, I can't believe how awful he is, you know, <laughs> because of their actions that we've been talking about, right? Um, not whether you're an atheist or Christian, but really kind of what your actions are. Right. So uh, this quick story about uh, uh, a cousin of an ancestor of mine. I was reading this recently. I almost couldn't read the whole thing. It was so terrible. But uh, he was 17. He married this girl of 16 without permission from the parents. So they imprisoned the boy. And then the siblings of the boy, they went and they beat his wife um, terribly twice. Okay. And this was a court case. So all this information is there. Wonderful. <laughs> right. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then, then after, after the six angels fought all these battles, exposed error and destroyed them, the seventh angel came with the little book, yes. which explains the science behind what it was going on. Yes. All the, in all of these cases. Yeah. Okay, yeah. sorry about that. My ear hit the mute button, so I have oh. no idea what I said or didn't say. Oh, oh okay. I think well, we got the full so story. Did you hear anything from me? We did. Oh, yeah. yeah, we, we heard about we, how we awful heard. your cousin was or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So, so the boy was in prison and uh, the, the girl was beaten and then they were taken to court for it. So I think they were punished for what they did. But, you know, this is why we, we have to have compassion for people who might be different than us. No kidding. Right. Because, <laughs> I mean, the atrocities that have been mm -hmm. caused. So, so, but again, in science, we see through it all. We reach the other side. And this is Eddie says, never to leave anything in the negative. Um, you've got to bring it round to the truth. Otherwise, we'll all jump off the Tallahassee Bridge. <laughs> so. Right. So it ends. The third vision ends with the with the coming of the Comforter, yeah. which which explains everything else that had been going on, and there is no other explanation for it no. other than Christian science. It that's explains why, revelation. That's why Mrs. Eddy named it Christian science. It is both Christian and scientific because it's true and it's provable. And, if and repeatable. We, and repeatable, exactly. Florence, did you want to say anything? Okay. Anybody, anybody who didn't get a chance? Well, I, I want to make one. Um, let me just quote this from Tomlinson. Christ's truth proves that the spiritual understanding of God and man is the final woe to materialism. So um, a lot of this vision is about the self-destruction of materialism. So um, just uh, a thought about how to think about this, because and sort of like uh, we hear a lot about the apocalypse and all these terrible things going on. And, you know, maybe people start being fearful of all this stuff. Oh, my gosh, if we go through this, uh, what am I going to go through? Right. But we have to think about that. Uh, these woes um, are, are destroying materialism, not us, per se. Right. Yes. If someone to articulate that better. But I mean, this this awful stuff we see sometimes is really just to destroy materialism. 
Um, it's not to harm us. Exactly. It's the destruction of false beliefs, and we should rejoice in it instead of fear it. And it, it's never God doing it. It's error destroying itself. And we can we can hasten the day of the millennium by by doing our work, staying in our positions, never absent from our post, never off guard, never un, ill humored, never unready to to work for God. So stay in our positions and, and do this work to ease the chemicalization that is definitely going on now. Yeah, and the evil that's destroying itself is never a person. So we never have to worry about hurting anybody else's feelings. I mean, I, I have tons more, but <laughs> Sharon is ringing the bell, so. I think Sharon wanted to say something. Oh, yeah, Sharon. Well, it said, living stones, we each in our place. And I think that's so important. And it's we all have a mission, and we have to do it. And that's what Mrs. Eddie did. She had a mission. She did it. And she was in the place where God wanted her and enabled her to give us Christian signs. Yes. Yeah, that's from a beautiful hymn. Each in this place. Yeah. Living stones, we each in our place. May we be worthy such a grace. And see it done. See it done. Because it is done. Mm -hmm. The other's illusion. Thank you. It is done. Oh, my. It keeps calling. Okay, you had well. two good answers today. Well, good. Yeah, good job. <laughs> see, you have a lot of good to say. <laughs> Well, thank you, Tom, for this wonderful subject. I mean, it's been wonderful. Yeah. And the quote. Thank you. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank, and you. thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank, thank you so you. much. Thank, thank you, Tom. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.